Father in heaven, thank you for your word, for giving us utterance today, for giving us understanding, softening our hearts so that we can hear and we can receive and we can do. We can follow through on what we hear today, Lord. I thank you so much, Father, for your blessings, the blessings of your covenant, uh, the grace that you give us to obey your word. It's it's not hard for us to obey because the Holy Spirit is the power behind our obedience. So we thank you, Lord, for that. And we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about the fact that your faith shames your enemies. Your faith shames your enemies. Amen. Your faith causes your enemies to be ashamed. Amen. And we're talking here about spiritual forces that would try and hinder your walk with God. And also, there are people that that are influenced by these spirits. And uh, your faith is really what's causing most of your difficulty in life. Uh, Your faith is your friend, but it also is the enemy of the kingdom of darkness. And you've got to understand that at all times. That's, That's really what's going on. That's why God warns us about trying to have fellowship with darkness and the works of darkness and in people that abide in darkness you can't connect with that there's no way uh, the holy spirit is in charge of your life uh, and we are finding that out more and more that we don't have the freedom to do whatever we want to do and have peace about it if we're trying to mix the two so God is his purpose is to keep you in his kingdom so that you can fulfill your purpose in life. Your purpose is not in the world and it's not in the things of the world and it's not among the people of the world. Only to tell them the good news and bring them over into the kingdom of light. So we we have connection with people in the world but not fellowship. Amen. We're not on the same level. We don't want the same things. Uh, those two kingdoms will always be in conflict, and there's nothing you can do to change that. You you might want to, but you can't do it. Uh, I see people all the time, Christians, uh, finding some kind of unsaved person that they think is so special, and they wind up having this conflict situation, and they don't quite understand what it's about. And it's about light versus darkness, about good versus evil. It's about you got more God in you than you think you do sometimes. It's just true because we erroneously think we can compromise the light that's in us and turn it down and make it a little dim and shut it off at times so that we can get along with people and it never works out. Why? These things are preordained. God's already made up his mind about who you are. And what your place in the earth is and what you're going to do about it. And so once that's set, it can't be undone. God doesn't repent of his, his His plan. You know, the earth would fall apart if he went around saying, oh, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm, you're saved, but it's okay for you to, to go over there with that bunch. Or it's okay for you to do that. Or it's okay. Uh-uh. It's, it's not okay. Okay, it's okay for you to obey God and do what God wants you to do. And that's true for everybody who's in the kingdom of light. And, and my, my thing is 
Go deeper into the light. Once you start getting tempted to go into darkness, go deeper to the light where the devil can't find you and tempt you anymore. I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me is is that God is beckoning you to come closer to him and get stronger in the light. Oh, but God, they don't like me. They won't like me and they'll fire me from my job. Yada, yada, whatever. It doesn't make any difference. Quit whining, children. Just go deeper into the light. They can't find you. The problem is they're finding you somehow. Amen. Some a little compromise, a little fear, a little I don't know what God's going to do. Right. Just go deeper into the light. That's your only. <laughs> that's what he's telling you is get more light, get more light, more light. Oh, they're going to hate me more. Get more light anyway. Get more light anyway. You might get enough to scare them half to death. That'd be nice. Amen. That'd be nice for a change. They get scared of you. Oh, don't mess with them Christians. Well, that's the reputation Israel had. They were glad to see them people. Every place uh, Abraham went, when he left, they were glad to see him go. They paid him to leave. (laughs) It's kind of like a tradition with God's people. The world pays you to get lost and not come back anymore and not trouble their lives. They will. Amen. You just watch. Some of you people that are resisting these mandates, they can't make y'all do nothing. Are they going to tie you down and make you take a shot? But you're going to come out rich because look at all the class action lawsuits against this stuff. Everybody that's being threatened, they're they're changing their mind. Oh, we thought we were going to make you take that jab, but we found out it's not worth it. All they had to do was go consult a couple of lawyers. Why they didn't do it up front, I don't know, but I can tell you one thing. The devil is desperate. If he's doing this kind of stuff, he's desperate, and he's trying to get as many Christians to compromise as he can. Amen. He is. Because that's the only recourse the enemy has. You have to give up your authority over him and bow to him in order for him to have sway in your life. And as long as you submit to God and resist him, he will leave you alone. He'll get up and find somebody else to mess with or not mess with anybody. I don't know, but he's going to leave you alone if you resist him. Huh? Don't force people to put something in their body that could kill them. What kind of what kind of life do you think we're living here now, folks? We're not desperate for anything. If you want to take your chances without a shot, take your chances without a shot. You're a free person. Well, I tell you, but if you're trusting God for your health, it's not a chance. It's a sure thing. Amen. He heals to the uttermost. Amen. You just got to hold on to him. You know, there's a lot of people didn't think they would be tested like this. It's like, oh boy, here's another test. I thought we were going to be tested double. Well, double just means more than once. That's God's double. It might be over and over and over again. But I think it's the same test. We're being tested to see, do you really believe the word? You really trust God? If you really trust God, then you better you better step up and find out what he's telling you to do and be obedient to it. So, but but your faith puts shame on your enemies. 
your enemies are, are unbelief, fear, doubt, concern. Amen. All of those are your enemies. Doubt's your big enemy. Fear's the other big enemy. Fear is a type of worship. It's worshiping what the enemy has instead of worshiping God. So when the enemy uses fear, it's to get you to believe that God won't come through for you and you've got to believe something else. You gotta believe your mind. You gotta believe what uh, the world does. You gotta take their word for stuff. Amen? So, so we have to, um, really understand that God wants us to trust Him and Him alone. That's what this is all about. You know, we see different examples and we marvel at the people that stood for God and, and didn't cave in to the enemy. Look at Daniel. He spent the night in a den of lions and we marvel at that. Well, what's your den of lions story going to be? You gonna still worship God continually and still praise Him and still believe that He will come and rescue you? Amen. And, and so we, we, we have to take these stands, folks. I mean, Christians in this country, we haven't been called on to, to trust God a whole lot. We've been trusting in finances. Amen. And so much so that it gets preached so much in the pulpit, you can't hardly hear a salvation message anymore. And what's happening to the lost that are out there? Are they hearing that Jesus Christ, I was looking at uh, 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 a little TikTok or YouTube clip or something of a gentleman. He was, it looked like he was in a Sam's Club and he stood up, you know, those tables that they, they have over there where the, uh, the lunch counter is where you can buy lunch and sit and eat. He stood up on top of the table and he said, I got something for everybody. Hey, listen to me. He says, you won't be able to stand before God and say that you didn't know you could choose Jesus Christ as your Savior. He is the only way to salvation. And if you will trust him and confess your sins and ask him to forgive you and ask you him into your heart, you will not go to hell. You will not die and go to hell. He says, so go do it. You've heard it. This is your your announcement that you've heard the gospel. Amen. He got down off that table. That took all of like 40 seconds for him to deliver that message to everybody who was within earshot. Some most people applauded. Some people sat there and looked stunned. Some people got scared and kept moving. But he uttered what God wanted him to to say there. Amen. Um, our, my friend Jan Johnson, who's in our ministry in Cleveland, she'll go in Walmart and she'll just go up to the cashiers and say, "Hey, everybody, let me have your attention real quick. God told me to tell you, you got to trust Jesus for your salvation. She does that in like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. She said, just ask God into your heart. Repent of your sins and ask God to help you to live for him. She said, and you can live with God forever. You won't go to hell. And she just exits right on out of there. She said, I told you and just keep moving. Tim Barron's another friend of ours, uh, passes out tracks. He was just in Mexico passing out tracks with a friend of his for three days. I think they passed out something like 10,000 tracks in three days. 
and they put them in people's hands. They offer them in the hand. They don't sit them in a pile somewhere and believe that they're they're taking them. They hand them out one by one. So there are people who God has positioned in places to preach the gospel, but it should be heard in our churches too. We should not be talking about material things primarily to the saints. The saints need to be empowered to go out and do things that these people are doing, you know. And and and, and if you'll do God's business, it'll shock you how much he'll reward you in every way that you need to be rewarded. And you'll find out that money isn't half the problem you think it is. And it's not really what you're after. You're after peace of mind. You're after contentment with God. You're after the things of God to come into your life and remain. You're not after anything other than complete peace with him. And and that's really what you want. You you want to maintain that position in God. You want to always be able to to know that you can call on God for whatever you need and there's no problem believing him. Amen. So so we need to get out of this mindset about, you know, spirituality has to do with what you possess down here on earth. It's nothing to do with anything. You understand me? You can give away most of what Mother Teresa gave away more stuff than she ever possessed of her own. She had access to millions, billions of dollars. Kept nothing for herself. Amen? I was listening to, um, uh, <laughs> I forgot his first name, Dean Braxton. I keep forgetting the poor man's name. The guy that went to heaven. Did Did everybody see that video? I sent it to all of you. Okay. All right. So so he when he went to heaven, uh he said there were eight things the Lord told him would be uh prevalent during this coming age. Amen. Uh he was saying that one of the things was that prayer would increase and the people involved in prayer would be increasing. And he said people would begin to give the gospel away instead of selling it the way it's done now amen so and i thought about that you know just like it's been maybe i don't know maybe like nine months or so ago and i was telling the lord i said lord the people who are on facebook i said i see them asking cash app offerings and stuff like that you know and and all of that stuff i said but it's getting freer and freer for us to hear your word now it's getting we're not selling the word like we used to Remember people that got to be millionaires off books they sold? God sold them for them. They kept most of the money. Amen? It's just true. They'll tell you, oh, no, this came from I wrote the book and that's my money and, you know, all that kind of. If God didn't give you a name and make you a name recognizable, you would have nothing. But they'll preach in one mouth, you know, uh, I'm nothing without the Lord and you're nothing without the Lord, we're nothing without the Lord. And then when it comes to money, it's a different story. It's my money. Jim and Tammy Faye Baker got in trouble for that. They were our example. If anybody, if that wasn't a warning to the body of Christ to forget the money, forget being a billionaire once you're serving God, you get in more trouble for that nonsense. Amen. It's, it's something that came with you know, these new non-denominal charismatic people uh, started to rewrite the rules of the gospel. Amen. Gospel is always free. You you get what you 
you and God decide what's a normal living for you and be content with that. But don't get into borrowing money out of God's purse strings. Um, you know, there was a, a musician that did prison time for tax evasion because he didn't <laughs> he's listening to people instead of listening to God. What it really amounted to, God won't let you go to prison if you obey like he tells you to obey. And he said people always told him that uh, if you made money off your tapes and books, it was considered offering money. And I'm thinking, what planet do you live on? That's income, buddy. If you're getting it in exchange for your labor, unless you donate it all to the ministry and take out a salary for yourself that's reasonable, you won't have any problem with God. But God is not here to make give you gobs of cash to get you in trouble. Amen? To put heap temptation on you. The Bible's very clear about people who trust in riches. The more you have, the more you trust in it. Because you would have to be trusting in it to keep piling it up. Let's not get goofy here, folks, you know. God's heart has not changed. His wisdom has not changed. Amen. So we have to be ever, ever, ever careful and cautious about these things. Amen. By the time Oral Roberts passed away, he had given away pretty much everything he owned. (laughs) You got me? All his airplanes were gone. He was the first minister that had his own private airplane. He needed to have it. He, he couldn't get on a plane with normal people. They would mob him. You got me? Sometimes things make sense to do. And the places he had to go kind of demanded that. But there came a day when that, that phase of his ministry ended and God told him when, when he gave him other things to do and he told him, he said, give that plane away. He said, you got, you got seed to sow. Amen. And he did. And they lived very, very modestly toward the end of his life. And so, you know, we we have to understand that, folks. Naked you came here and naked you're going to go out. You know, it's good to leave an inheritance to your children and, and grandchildren, but make sure you do it the way God tells you to do it. Amen? So let's let's get sober here. Let's understand what's important. What's important is is life. What's important is health. What's important is peace. What's important is your relationship with God. It's household salvation. Are your children and your grandchildren serving God? We've got to focus on that much more than we do on material things. Amen? If you're fortunate, they'll be saved and you can leave them money too. But I would say first choice, get them saved. You, it's their eternal souls we should be after. So that's the order of things in God's kingdom. So anyway, so by faith, your faith, we said, put shame on your enemies. In Hebrews 11 and verse 4, it says here, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So, Abel was not in competition with Cain. He was not trying to show him up. He was not trying to prove anything to anybody. His efforts were directed toward God. Amen. It says he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. 
How was that known? God said it was. He didn't say it was. He didn't say, I'm going to put shame on my brother and I'm going to do this right and I'm going to show him. It wasn't like that. This was something that Abel knew God required and he wanted to please God. Amen. And so he ex- he, he offered a more excellent sacrifice than his brother did. And, 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 and he obtained the witness from God that he was righteous. How did he do that? God testified about his gifts. So God said it. Amen. God told Cain, he said, you know, why are you, well, we'll go through that. But, but God testified of his gifts and by it, he being dead yet speaks. So your, your obedience to God, your faith in God will bring you into immortality. It'll cause your voice to speak long after you're gone. Amen. Your faith in God will do that. You'll find that people will talk about you. You'll leave a legacy to your family. You'll, you'll leave a, 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 a legacy in different ministries where they can build on what you're giving, what your gifts have been throughout the years. I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but if you've been faithful to give to your church, to wherever it is that, that you worship and all of that, that comes as a memorial before the altar of God. You know, Cornelius had that testimony, and he wasn't even born again yet. His gifts and his sacrifices came up as a memorial before God. God remembered them, and he spoke about them to other people. And so we have to understand that it's God we're trying to please. If you're trying to please God in what you're doing, Amen. If you, if you feel that, that God has told you, you don't take, a, a an injection. You trust Him. If you've made up your mind to trust God and that's okay with Him, then you can ride it out with Him until the end. Amen. You don't have, you won't be forced to do anything. The Bible says what's not a faith is sin anyway. You take it. You might be the one that really does drop dead. If you know God, you've already committed in your heart to trust God and trust his word. And his word says you're healed and you don't get Rona, she don't get you. Amen. So if you're trusting that, then then God will stand behind you 100%. And he'll be a heal witness. You'll obtain a witness in heaven that God is pleased with you. You'll make a more excellent you offer up a more excellent sacrifice than somebody who's just being hypocritical and doing things out of fear. Amen. If people are afraid and they don't want to work on their faith, that's between them and God. Amen. Pray for them for mercy. You know, I mean, we don't wish harm on anybody. But somebody's got to believe God around here, folks. We, if you decided that if you if you stood on the word for your health up until now, you can continue to it. It it hasn't changed. God hasn't changed because there's some bug out there that everybody else is scared of. You don't have to be afraid of it. Amen. The more you declare your faith for God's healing, the more you you can resist the enemy. You know, uh, it builds your faith. It keeps you strong on the inside. Amen. Keeps you from wavering. It keeps you from getting fearful. If at the end of the night you still are holding on to God's word, you made it another day. Believe in God. Amen. That's what you're trying to do. You're going about it a day at a time. 
Amen. You're not trying to be nobody's great hero or anything. You're just trying to stay faithful to God. He's told you something and you believe him. And the devil's trying to tell you that, that God is lying, that you're stupid, that you, you're, you're hurting other people. You know, the devil uses anything he can to pry us loose from our faith. He wants to get you separated from your faith. He wants to get you separated from the love of God. He wants to separate you from the spirit of God if he can and make you God's adversary. Amen. But God's your friend. You're his friend. God, I'm your best friend down here. Everybody else do what they want to do. I'm your friend. Amen. (laughs) So, so faith we know is a spiritual force. Amen. So when we give our faith to God, as Abraham did, we turn our faith over to God. When we believe his word, we turn our faith over to him. It's given to his care. It's given to his direction. That's what it means to trust God. Amen. So we trust him with our faith. We trust him with our bodies. We trust him with our futures. We trust him with our minds, with our hearts, with our soul. We just trust him. And so when you believe God, he counts that as righteousness towards you. He marks it down in your account and he considers you righteous because you are believing him. Amen. Same thing as him, him doing it is when you believe him to do it amen you become one with god the bible says he who is joined to the lord is one spirit so you're one spirit with god so we need to act like it you talk like god believe like god think like god the whole nine yards amen so abraham was able to believe anything he chose but he chose to believe god See, you can believe that that you're hurting people if you don't get vaccinated, but you need to believe God. If you're protected, they're protected. You're not spreading anything to anybody. You don't have nothing to spread. Amen. So, I mean, it's it's just real simple. God keeps it so simple for us. Amen. You're not a carrier, and not you're not a spreader. You're a Wonder Woman. When that stuff comes at you, you put up your shield of faith and fight it all so you're not carrying anything to anybody my goodness you're carrying good news amen so abraham believed god so he was able you have the choice to believe anything you want to but if you choose to believe god he counts that as righteousness which means you are protected as though you've never done anything wrong in your life There's no curse coming to you. There's no sickness coming to you. There's no poverty coming to you. There's no sudden death coming to you. There's no no hurt to your pets or to anybody that you love coming to you. None of that is coming to you when you have faith in God. You put your faith in him. God, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you, Lord, my household's healed. I thank you, Lord, my neighbors are healed. I thank you, Lord, my whole neighborhood is free from disease. I thank you, Lord, no, no sickness comes near my dwelling. Not even close. Amen. So God counted it as equal to himself 
when he God's the only source of righteousness. So when he considers you righteous, he considers you equal to himself. No, he would no more put a curse on himself than he would on you. He would no more put poverty on you than he would on himself. He would no more put restrictions on your, your ability to believe him. You know, you can believe him for anything that's in his word. Amen. If, if you're the only person believing you don't get this COVID virus, then that's, then it is so. Amen. If everybody else believes they're going to get it and you're the only holdout, then you're the only holdout. Amen. And it is so. Amen. So when our faith is in God's ability, his wisdom, his power, that's what when you put faith in his word, that brings to into your atmosphere everything that is God. His ability, his mind, his wisdom. If you get into a, a, a difficult situation, all you have to do is say, God, I've given this to you. Now, what do I do? If you, if you give me a word, then I'll go ahead and, and, and operate in that word. I'll do what you tell me to do. If you tell me to do nothing, then I'll do nothing, but I'm standing on your word. You told me that I'm disease free. You told me that there's no disease coming to me. You've told me that I'm the healed of the Lord and I'm not sick. Amen. You told me. Amen. So we have God's faith now in the person of the Holy Spirit. You've been given his faith already. All you have to do is mix it with the word that you hear. Just mix it with the word that you hear. If if by his stripes you were healed. Mix your faith with that. Just stir it up and say, Father, I thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that healing is going through my body now. I thank you, Lord, that disease is being driven out of my body now in the name of Jesus. I thank you that immunity has come to me from all forms of virus, illness, anything. It's in my life now. It's working in me now. It's in my body now. Your word is medicine. If there was anything coming toward me, it's killed by the medicine of your word in jesus name and begin to stir that up amen begin to talk like it's so begin to think like it's so let god have full reign in your life some of you you start thinking like god it'll shock you you have to go to bed for a minute (laughs) and guess what when you walk into your job, you don't have to say anything to anybody, but they get ashamed to be around you. You ever notice some of them people that used to bug you about what you was going to do about the shot don't even talk to you anymore? Your faith puts shame on them. Anybody who's ashamed won't show up at your doorstep anymore. So I don't know what it is about her, but I'm going to leave her alone. Huh? I don't want to get another knot upside my head. They get the Holy Ghost whooping. Amen. And for those of you who are afraid about being mean to people, take the shot if that's what you're scared of. You want to be mean to some people because it's not their business what you do. Mm Mm-hmm. 
mean nothing. I got over being Miss Mean so many years ago. It's pathetic. I just, God never gave me any other words to say to people. If it was mean, it just had to be mean. I knew it was God. I know I won't go sit up there and lie to people and let you be deluded into thinking you were doing right and you weren't or believing right. And, you, and you're not going to get there believing like you want to believe. You got to believe like God. If you're going where I'm going, I, and I believe I'm going where God wants me to go. Amen? Let's forget about all this other superficial stuff. We're trying to go deep here, folks. Because the devil's got some deep stuff for us. Yet. We haven't seen the worst of this yet. You understand me? So don't get, whew, I made it through that. I didn't, they, they took the mandate off my job. Whew, don't go lay down somewhere. Please. <laughs> you better you better send the knives out and get the whole set sharpened all right you're gonna need it so without faith it's impossible to please him the whole thing is about pleasing god you can't be thinking about pleasing people you gotta please god use your faith and please him with it amen and don't go down with the unbelievers and get consumed with that and trying to get along in the world and all that kind of crazy stuff. You know, I, I was listening. Somebody had floated a, a not a video, but a, an audio of Nicki Minaj, of all people, warning people about the government making. She said, we're putting this. They're making us put things in your body. You got to fight this. This isn't right. She was pleading with people. And I said to myself, my goodness, she's usually real arrogant and, you know, don't care and all that kind of stuff. Do what I want to do. But she was pleading with people to reconsider this, that this is not right. She said, this is your body. They're forcing you to do something with your body that, that you know. God will use anybody, folks. If he wants to get... If he wants to get a message across to people, he uses who he wants to use. You know, you don't even hear that anymore because they everybody shut that down. You can't get it on YouTube. You can't find it anywhere. It has been shut down because the enemy sees the effect that it will have on the minds of people. It's a whole bunch of young people out there that look up to her and with whatever she says is, is rule. And he will put a stop to that kind of stuff. But I thank God that he moved on her heart with some wisdom <laughs> to want to warn people. Amen. So we we have to have faith in God's ability, his wisdom and his power. Amen. If If we will put our faith in God in that respect, then kingdom assets are transferred into our account. That's what righteousness really means. It means that kingdom assets are transferred into your account. When when God says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him or accounted to him as righteousness, that means that kingdom assets got moved over into Abraham's account. Which assets? All of them. Every single one of them. There's not a one that you can't claim as yours. When you're a righteous person. Why? The Bible says there's no law against righteousness. 
So there's no force to stop righteousness from causing to manifest everything that you need. Did you hear what I said? There's no force to cause righteousness to not manifest everything that you need. You just stay with God. You stay in his word. If you start to get weak in the word, you go strengthen yourself in the word. David was up against a brick wall. Everybody wanted to stone him and kill him. He ran somewhere and hid. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't lay there and feel sorry for himself. He felt stirred up. Why? Because there's a warrior inside of all of us. Maybe it's a little limp little guy that don't have much muscle in some of us. But he can get stirred up in a minute and begin to fight and begin to resist the devil. So David went and and began to sing psalms to himself. You know, the ones that always stirred him up. He encouraged himself in the Lord his God. That means you do whatever you need to do. If you get to bring out some of the the, uh, uh, songs that were helpful to you when you were a brand new Christian, go get them. Amen. You go get a favorite uh, uh, teaching or something like that 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 helped you and, and convinced you that God was real. You go get that. You refresh yourself. Don't ever think that, that those old things won't help you anymore. Sometimes you need a the Bible says the kingdom is like that. It's like a man who opens his treasury box and he takes out things old and new. You've got to take out some of the old and mix it with the new so that you can get in where God. That old stuff is your foundation. Sometimes the only thing that's wrong with us is we've shifted off of our initial foundation. And we're trying to build on thin air now. Well, you can't build on thin air. You've got to build on that, that foundation of the word. Amen? So, So when we trust God, we have faith in God and we believe. That God's word comes to pass. It will happen. Always. It will happen regardless. It will happen anyhow. It will happen in spite of what else is going on. That looks like it won't happen. It will happen anyway. Amen. So when we have God's faith. It, it is a, a now faith. We can believe the maximum right now. Amen. So when kingdom assets are transferred to your account, you have a sense of peace, a sense of well-being, a sense of of God's going to work on my behalf. Amen. And he begins to work on your behalf. The minute you believe him, he begins to work on your behalf. He was in Egypt to meet Abraham. Abraham didn't go down to Egypt and then God showed up after he got in trouble. God was there to meet him when he got there. He had everything set in place. God's not a a late comer to your party. And he's never a no-show. Amen? The Bible says he goes ahead of us to prepare the way for us. If he hadn't prepared the way, Sarah would have been not Abraham's wife anymore. Abraham would have had to fight the king to get her back. God fought for him, took the wife back from the king. After Abraham had really given her to him. 
So he goes before us, folks, prepare the way. Where we're at is no shock to him. It's no surprise to him. But it is where we he wants us to be. Don't ever think you're in the wrong spot. You're right where he wants you to be. Amen? Because he's there with you. He don't care where you take him to. He'll get, make sure he gets you back where you're supposed to be. He's not going to leave you there. If it's not on the agenda for you, he'll get you out of there. He'll rescue you over and over and over again. Amen? So when we we have God's faith, we have it in us now. That faith believes that his word will come to pass. It will happen. Yeah, they'll leave you alone at your job about the jab. That's going to happen. Amen? It's going to happen. Regardless. I don't care what they say, what they're threatening, what they say they're going to do. You can't do this. You can't do that. Whatever. Amen. That faith in God believes that that word will come to pass. It's God's faith. He believes in himself. So it's kind of like you're just a spectator watching what God does. If you if you make up your mind not to interfere, it'll happen. Amen. How do we interfere? We're talking against it. First thing, your mind gets crappy and you get kind of screwed up in your thinking and you start verbalizing that. Quit saying it. Don't say anything. Amen. You don't have to answer those people. You get somebody call you up out of nowhere and chit-chatting with you about something on the job and then all of a sudden they ask the question. Huh? Yep. Said I've been you tell them I've been advised not to speak about that. Oh, really? Who who said that? I've been advised not to speak about that either. Huh? <laughs> huh? Just been advised not to speak about it. Huh? If you tell them wisdom told you, they fall out somewhere. So don't tell them. They ain't ready for what you already said. They definitely won't be ready for the truth. (laughs) Amen. So Genesis chapter 4. You see the story about Cain and Abel. Starting in verse 2. Let me see. Okay, one. Adam knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Now, um, the word Cain, uh, his name actually means weapon, lance, or spear. Amen? All right. Um, and then she bore again, and his brother Abel was born. Abel was the second born. Abel ac- actually uh, means vanity, part of that understanding of. So we know right away that Abel was slated to not survive by his name. Eve had something in her mind when she named them. Number one, she shouldn't have been naming the children the father's supposed to. Amen. The inheritance comes through the father. So you can see how this was twisted around and turned around from from God's order of things. Amen. 
and and you see throughout the Bible, women continually bear children based on their emotional experience with that pregnancy at the time, anything like that. So that began a tradition of women naming their children. And so he says he uh, Abel was born, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. So Cain was a farmer. Abel was a shepherd. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering to the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And and the Lord had respect to Abel's offering. God accepted it. Amen. Hebrews 11.4 just told us that he witnessed, he testified of his acceptance of Abel's offering. But unto Cain and to his offering he had no respect. Why? You can't just give anything to God. Offerings are required. There's a required offering. You need to talk to him and find out what's required. What's required of you may not be what's required of me. You know, we try to put everybody under the same bondage or under the same rules. But our faith is different. You know, everybody's faith is at a different level. What's not a faith is sin. I know people say, if you you know, if you don't tithe, you're cursed. I believe in tithing, but I also believe in going beyond that. I don't. I don't give like 10%. I give much more than that because God's been much more good to me than 10% were. You know, the law, that should be the minimum. And and don't even think about it. Just be a free giver. Freely you receive, freely give. That's really the New Testament standard. It's not based on some number, you know, that that people want to, put everybody into and and you get a check mark you get a pat on your head if you do their number you have to find out what god wants you to give you know there are times when i'll see people or on facebook you know and and a lot of times you know you'll see some people in ministry and you know they're struggling god will say well send them some money you got money send it it's that simple i don't tell god well god i'm i'm you know i just i gave my tenth already you cut that out Stop that. You start obeying God. Do what he tells you to do. If you want to have unlimited resources, you got to be an unlimited giver. Amen. And God has never taken me down to my last penny to give to anybody. So don't be afraid of that. Amen. You, you'll be able to live. If you can't live, how are you going to continue to give? So let's be reasonable here. But God likes people who are like him. He's a giver. And a cheerful one at that. Amen. It's his good pleasure. Ha, ha, ha. He gets hilarity out of giving to us. And he wants us to be the same same way. To feel good about giving to people. Amen. You know, I was speaking to somebody. I, I, I've known them off and on over the years. Over a period of 20, 25 years there in ministry. And, and this the wife, you know, her husband's been ill for some years now, and and she was kind of struggling. You know, she wants to step out in ministry, and and there was some fear there, and and uh, different things like that because she's never had to do all of the arrangements for buildings and stuff without her husband. You know, it just was was that way, and the things was piling up on her. And the Lord said, "Send her some money." 
And before I even got finished texting her, I said, well, Lord told me to send you some money. She kept saying, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm sure. So he can speak to you that quickly in a conversation what to do. When we when we connect with people, it's not an accident. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I tend to hear from God like that pretty quickly. I don't recommend that to everybody. You know, that the minute you hear of a need, you just jump on it. Sometimes you do need to check with God and get that confirmed in what you need to do. But but for the most part, you know, God will speak to me these things to do. Why? Because look at the condition people in it. They don't have their churches. They don't have congregations. You wonder how they're living, to be honest with you. And so it would be good if more people just responded that way and and let God know I'm here as your helper. I'm here as your servant and, and just go on. So So in the process of time, Cain brought the fruit of ground as an offering. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So he should have brought a blood sacrifice. I don't care if he didn't. He had meat available to him, I bet you. I don't think he's no vegetarian. And he knew how to barter and at least share with his brother. They could have, you know, traded off different things. In fact, that was customary during those times. And so Cain was very angry. Why? Because sin keeps building up. It keeps building up, building up, building up, and building up. So if it keeps building up and you don't make the appropriate sacrifice, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to get into some big trouble. Amen. And so the Lord said, but unto Cain and to his offering, he had no respect. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Man, you see people looking angry. What's wrong with you? Don't ask that. Just walk past them, okay? Pray in tongues under your breath or whatever. Don't Don't open the lion's mouth. You got me? Don't be so sensitive. You got you to gotta fix everybody. Oh, what's wrong with you? Oh, he's, come here. Let me just pet you. You're going to get bit. Some people do it just for attention. You know that. So, And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? That's a question for God to ask him, not you. And why is your countenance falling? So God's looking for him to confess so he can help him and straighten him out. You don't have that power. He says, if you do well, in other words, if you do what you're expected to do, shall you not be accepted? In other words, Cain, this is an easy fix. If you'll do what I require you to do, it'll be accepted. There's no difference between you and your brother. Amen. It's just what you do, what you offer, what you give me. And he says, but if you don't do well, sin is laying at the door and waiting to pounce on you. He says, and unto you shall be his desire, and you shall rule over him. Amen. So, so in Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Amen. Smarten off. 
And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. So this is for people who think they can sin and get away with it. Just because God hasn't, you know, pulled the rug out from under you doesn't mean you're getting away with anything. Your sin is known. Amen. It's known to God. It's often known to other people. It's known. And he says, and now, verse 11, you are cursed from the earth. Why? The earth has opened its mouth to receive your brother's innocent blood from your hand. You would get banished from the earth. You want to have the earth not produce for you. And he says, when you till the ground, it won't yield anything. You can plant all you want to. You can get the best seeds. You can work from night until day. It won't happen, Cain. And he says, a fugitive and a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. This is the first homeless person. And you see how it happened. Sin creates a lot of homelessness, folks. Now, you can feel sorry for people all you want to and feed them and clothe them, have them come in your house and spend the night and all that kind of stuff. But there's something wrong there that they don't have a home and they don't have shelter, that they've been banished. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. See, that's what happens when you sin and then you come into your right mind. You realize what you've done. Behold, you have driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from your face I shall be hid. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth, and it shall come to pass that everyone that finds me shall slay me. So here you have a man running from people because he's afraid somebody's going to kill him because he shed innocent blood. Now you think about all the people... Women that have had abortions. And you think about all the murderers out there. And you think of these people are, they're, the voice of those people that they have killed are crying out to them from the ground. Amen. Until they get before God and repent. And the blood of Jesus can cancel that out. They can get healed. That uh, there was a woman, it says, and the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever slays uh said to him therefore whosoever slayeth Cain vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold and the Lord set a mark upon Cain lest any man finding him should kill him amen so there was some kind of fear that rose up when men would encounter Cain that spared his life but he begged he groveled there was nothing good came of his life amen amen and he Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. And Cain began to bear children and conceive and all of that. And and, uh, the name of the city after his son was called Enoch. So so Cain did have descendants. Amen. Um, But the inheritance came through their third son who was Seth. That was the one that God used to bring forth the nations of Israel. All of the descendants of God came through Seth. Didn't come through a murderer. It came through another child that was born to them. But but what we need to understand about this is that there is an acceptable thing before God and an unacceptable thing. 
And when you do the acceptable thing, there are people who will be shamed, who will be angry, who will be put to shame, who will be embarrassed, who won't be able to tolerate your presence and a sense of murder or trying to get you and pull you down will come upon those people. You can tell from their words where they criticize you. They want to silence you. They want to change your mind. They want the people feel better if they're in sin and they can get you over there with them. They feel better. That's why the Bible warns us against trying to fellowship with people who live in the dark. Because they're constantly trying to pull you over. And you don't have to say anything specific or do anything specific. Just the light of Christ that is in you, that dwells in you, puts them to shame. Puts them to embarrassment. Makes them feel uncomfortable. Some of them just have to say something to you every time they see you. They just can't leave you alone. You know, like Hannah and and, um, uh, uh, was it Elkanah? The other wife, uh, no, the Elkanah was the husband. Who was the other wife? I don't think they named her. But Hannah, you know, her husband Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and another woman. And this woman rubbed her sore. That woman was not a righteous woman. She was a secondary wife. And the only good she was to the husband was that she had children. And she knew it. He loved Hannah. His heart was toward Hannah. See, this is what we have in God. His heart is toward us. He loves us. That's why the Holy Spirit is content to dwell with us is because of the love of God. God chose us and he loves us. And that mark of his love is on us at all times. So we are the favored wife, even though sometimes we won't. You may not have as many um, perks at your job as the other person does or you may not have the highest position there as the other person but they're jealous of you because the mark of God is on you deity is on you and see we've got to embrace that and act like it and understand it and not get involved with compromising with people who serve Satan and serve the world they're waiting for you to say something that sounds like something they can believe in to get you over on their side amen so when the enemy sees us you know we have god's faith in us amen you know people people who are opposed to god have a different spirit in a different view and that's where the conflict arises cain wasn't going to give the right offering to god and he was mad when there was somebody else down here that gave the right offering So he couldn't get his brother to go along with his rebellion. We don't know what the conversation was that they had. But it got to the point where Cain couldn't take it anymore. And he had to do something to get rid of this do-gooder that was down here. You ever been like that? People want to report you to the supervisor? Want to bring you in front of people and, and want to talk about something you do? Huh? Yeah, we we have favor. We're used to having favor and having it easy and have, but the day is going to come that's going to change. Huh? Same boss who pats you on the back all the time and gets you to do this and gets you to do that will turn on you. Hmm? If the stakes are high enough. 
So many times conflict arises, and it's not verbal all the time. Sometimes you'll be shocked at who doesn't like you and why when they start really blabbing, when the devil gets provoked and they open their mouth against you. It may shock you who that person is. And so in the realm of the spirit, because of your faith and you stepping out on faith and you speaking God's word, an adversarial relationship develops between light and dark. And as long as they stay in darkness, they're going to be your enemy. You forget winning them over. Amen. Just leave them alone. Let God deal with them. You just go ahead and do what God tells you to do. So the enemy then begins to plot your demise because you refuse to change your stand. Amen. He begins to plot your demise and he keeps gnawing at you, clawing at you, pulling at you. Amen. Why? Because he sees his kingdom crumbling. Every time a child of God speaks a word, you think that word is like a nothing word? You know, we'll confess the word so glibly and, and, you know, that word is having impact in the realm of the spirit. I don't care if you, you believe it or not. If you would dare utter God's word in some of these situations, it has impact in the spirit. We believe it silences the enemy. Now you may get some backlash from the enemy about things, but you know, sometimes he'll come through another door, see if he can can hurt you or harm you but you go to that door and nail it down amen you seal that up with the blood oh devil i see you i'm not gonna quit telling rona we not gonna have her amen i don't care what you do to my finances i don't care what you do to anything we're not gonna have that amen and that's what you do that's what you you keep tightening up you keep plugging up the leaking the leaking places in your boat amen consider it an honor that god wants to help you uh get these things in order amen that way your your ship won't sink when the the day of adversity really comes amen because it will come so god is, is shoring us up and strengthening us for a future battle as well as getting you through the one you you're into now amen so when you honor god by believing his word you set up a whole array of enemies against you and you got to get a strategy from god to win this you can't let it be a stalemate you can't think about making everybody happy amen the only person that's going to be happy out of this is god this is for his glory amen you may not be happy but you got to make sure your your goal is to make god happy amen so envy kills you need to understand that when they're jealous of of your faith that's all it is and don't sit up and say get full of pride yeah they just jealous of me they ain't that jealous that's a spirit that the enemy sends against them between the two of you to see if he can get you in the flesh and win you over you gotta stay in the spirit and say father all glory goes to you they're jealous of you they're not, I'm nobody. They ain't after me, but they're after you, and I see that. So you tell me how to fight this. You give me what to do. You tell me my next move. I'm I'm determined to stand with you. Amen. So Cain gets angrier and angrier, rises up and kills his brother. 
Amen. God considers man killing an attack against him because man's made in his image. Amen. That's why God orders the death penalty for murder, shedding of innocent blood. Amen. Because it's it, this is a God killing spirit. They kill something made in God's image. They want to get in heaven and kill God. But he has to stop it. He puts a stop to it. He don't just tolerate. Oh, look at them. They can't get them. No, shut up. Sit down. You ain't doing nothing to my children. You leave them alone. Amen. When we disobey God as Cain did, that makes sin easily accessible. He said sin lies at the door. Get obedient and sin is far from you. Amen. It's far from you. So when a conversation and having conversations with your enemies can lead to wrong things. That's why you don't talk to them. Say, I'm not at liberty to tell you why this is so. Amen. I'm just not free to to tell you that. What you mean what I said? Huh? Murder always brings a curse. That young lady that was, they found her remains. She's out with her boyfriend and he goes and tells the police she's missing. Well, any policeman that knows anything figured it out from day one. Trust me, folks, they wasn't looking for this girl to turn up alive, especially after two days. So he made sure that she was well hidden before he even came and said anything. Now they found his remains. See what I'm saying? So murder begets murder. And who knows what the parents' involvement is? You know, this girl's separated from her family, living with a boyfriend and his parents. It's just a, it's just a bad mix. It can never lead to anything good. So God was able to to resolve this issue between Cain and his brother. Why? He spared Cain's life, but there was a curse on him that he never prospered. Never. Never even had a home. Kept having to pack up and move. His people were after him. Amen. Amen. The Bible says the righteous will stand in 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 adversity, but uh, it, the forward or the sinner will be afraid when nothing is there. See, when nobody's there, they're they're scared to death, you know, and jump up and move, and that's what happened to him. So, so when we when we understand what we're up against and our stand for God. You're going to have to believe God for more power to stand and withstand against greater adversaries. They're not going to get any any lesser than they are now. And if they put fear into you now, they'll put more fear into you later. Because the devil is relentless. He will not back down until you make him back down. And you have to keep making him back down. You have to get to the point where you just believe God anyhow. Amen. You're not here to appease man. You're here to represent God. 
And he's going to put demands on our faith, folks, that are going to cause us to have to stand up against the enemy in his face. You know, I mean, sometimes these little conversations that we have with people, they get spread around. Why is so-and-so about something and you know what they said? So you're on a, a pipeline already. Just the fact that you said yes to God and you're trusting him with your health, with your finances, with what are your fellowship, whatever it is. Just the fact that you did that has put you on a pipeline, on hell's pipeline. And hell is going to try to get you to change. You're standing for a, a, a decent life, household salvation. You know, hell's going to try to get you to change your mind. You're standing for a normal marriage with a saved person. Hell's going to try to get you to change your mind. You're getting old now. You know, you ain't getting no younger and they ain't no saved. Nobody come up yet. Oh, no, devil. My, my spouse is saved already. Amen. God is going to put me in touch with that person. He's going to have that person to find me. Amen. So we have to understand that, that, <laughs> This is no cakewalk, folks. It's getting more and more evident now. And you can see now, if most of you can't, you should, why why God had a study to persecute a church, to build your faith for when persecution knocks on your door. Because it's there now, whether you know it or not. The churches are shut down. They don't want you to meet. If you go to church, they arrest you. That pastor in Canada been arrested again. Because he refuses not to go into his church. Amen. So we're going to see who's the boss up there. Amen. And just pray for him to keep obeying God. Whatever God tells him to do, he needs to keep obeying him. Amen. You know, the enemy is 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 mocking. He's trying to mock the things of God. I don't know if any of you have seen this, but there is a t-shirt out with the letters heal, period, on it. H-E-A-L, period, small letters. And it stands for, it's, it's you know, the, the woke crowd. This is the secularists, the liberals. And their thing is that we heal each other. And I was telling Shannon, I said, are you sure? She said, yeah, I just saw it. She said, it's something new that came out. I said, well, we got our, we got there first. We're healed, period, by Jesus' stripes. Amen. So they're trying to twist it and take it from God and put it in the hands of man. Amen. I forget what the, what the uh, acronym is, but the H stands for, oh, uh, shoot. Just look it up if you go on Google, H-E-A-L, period, and and see what that is because it's a mockery of what God gave us, amen, for his people. We're healed, period, by him. That's why the period's there, that there's no disputing it, there's no doubt about it, and there's no going back on it. But we are healed. Amen? Amen. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding, for goodness and mercy, for blessing and kindness, for all of the fruit of the Spirit, Lord, to come into our lives in a great way. And we thank you, Lord, and we honor you. We love you, and we praise your holy name. 
And we thank you, Lord, for this day. It will be a day of divine fulfillment for all of us because goodness and mercy follow us every single day. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen again. Um, If anybody needs prayer, I'll pray for you. Okay? Praise God. Amen.